And welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. I'm Son Edom alongside somebody who's going to serenade us with a melody, Tara Hoke Shiro, in a segment <laughs> that I like to call Teriyoki. That's good. Did you just think of that just now? Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah, most of it just comes to my <laughs> top of my head. You're so witty. Uh, I'm going to... Um, <laughs> So what are you going to sing for us? I am not singing. I only know one song. I already sang the, the Peaches yeah. and the Midnight Toker. Toker. Yeah, I sang the that. The Joker with the Toker? Yes. Hey, so um, if you sang anything else, would you be uh, terrified? I That's good. Yeah. Ooh, you're on a roll. I'm on a roll. Yes. <laughs> hey, I actually brought you a present. I love coming. Good. Bearing gifts. Yes. Wow. I, so I brought you some toilet paper. This. This it's is a commodity. A, it is a hot commodity right now. I could sell it. It's Scott. It's two-ply. Uh, I don't even know that's good. All I know is it wasn't Charmin because we all know you don't squeeze the Charmin. That's right. Mr. Whipple taught us that. That's right. Hey, so, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about on the show. First off, Two Steps Head podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Mom, that's for you. And um, it's been one of those days. We were on a pile of Bandini manure. It's been a struggle, but we've all, st- we've all uh, see, like there, a struggle. We also have talked about in the past on past episodes about uh, not letting the hurdles and obstacles of life slow us down or stop us Mm -hmm. to overcome those. And that's what we're doing today. And so we're getting this episode. We're plowing through like a snow plow in a Minnesota (laughs) blizzard. (laughs) We have had one struggle after another today. Yes. And we have not panicked. It will be a miracle if if we get this episode actually in the can. It'll be a miracle. And we're not panicking. No. But that's what we're going to talk about is the mass panic that's going on. I know right now it's the coronavirus and thus the toilet paper, the show brought to you by Tuply. And why the toilet paper? That's what I was going to ask you. I don't understand. I can understand a run on water, even though we have tap. I can understand a run on Chef Boyardee canned goods. Mm -hmm. I can understand a run on, I guess, other perishables, Mm -hmm. fresh fruit so Mm -hmm. we don't get scurvy. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, why toilet paper? I don't get it. Yeah, unless unless it's people are afraid they're going to be quarantined in a in a place for a while, and we can't get. I don't know is supplies a, or coronavirus maybe, a diuretic? Maybe they people think that they're going to be having you know hmm. lots of bathroom trips with the coronavirus. I I don't know. I don't get it either. I've seen on social media people have actually gone out and taken pictures. Mm-hmm. At like stores where the shelves are like completely empty. Right. Like completely empty. Like nothing on it. Like like when the Halloween store goes away in November <laughs> and there's nothing on the shelves. Now, does like that, that make you want to run out and buy things when you see those pictures? No. no me neither. No. I don't really panic. I haven't, I haven't bought anything for the coronavirus. Yeah. I haven't panicked. Um, the other thing too, which is kind of interesting, is all the kind of the the logical things that people post, like Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden we're washing our hands. Why weren't we washing our hands before? Right. We've had flu for years. And I'm thinking, why didn't we clean the subways and the buses and all this stuff when we get the flu every year? We're in L.A. and Los Angeles has been known to have what some have rumored bubonic plague (laughs) surfacing in downtown L.A. due to the you know, the homeless, the homeless issue yeah. and, and the and the hygiene yeah. issues that are going on. Yep. Um, I know there's some other diseases going on down there that are more legit mm-hmm. and, and proven, you know, mm-hmm. diagnosed. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you know, we throw out this coronavirus and the world panics and everybody's in panic mode and we're out of toilet paper. The stock market's crashing. I know there's some other issues involved, but have you ever gotten into a mass panic situation where you just got nuts and 
done something like hoard toilet paper? Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't have that personality. <laughs> not a hoarder? <laughs> well, so today all these things have been going wrong right. and I've been like completely calm all day. I haven't said one word. I yeah. haven't yelled at you. you I haven't. didn't get mad at you. I haven't either. I haven't I, yelled and thrown right? things. No. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know that I have that. I'm not a, a jumper on the bandwagon yeah. type of person. Um, anyway, I'm not. I'm, I'm a little more like laid back and okay, let's just all relax and think logically. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw mass panic in action. Yeah. It was back in 1996. I was living out in uh, Mission Hills. And the Northquake, uh, Northquake, the Northridge earthquake hit. That was so The Northquake hit. Yeah. And I remember on Sepulveda Boulevard, it's a big street, you know, like three lanes going each way. So six lanes, Mm -hmm. something like that, maybe even eight. And there's a big island Mm -hmm. in the middle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not the restaurant, but like an island of grass. Mm -hmm. And along Sepulveda Boulevard, if you've never been out there, I don't really recommend it, but there's a lot of hotels and apartments and complexes and, and, you know, basically not the best of living arrangements. And I remember driving up and down Sepulveda because I was driving around to see all the damage and see, assess what was going on because I was living in the area. And all of a sudden you start seeing one person and then the next and then the next all kind of camp out Mm -hmm. on this island. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, that's interesting. Okay, maybe their apartment is unsafe Mm -hmm. and they've been asked to leave. But no, if they were asked to leave, I'm sure they would be put up in a shelter somewhere, not on this island in the middle of Sepulveda Boulevard. And next thing you know, the whole thing was like tent city. Mm-hmm. And it was like this mass paranoia and panic that the world's going to collapse because of an earthquake. Now, granted, there's some real fear there, but... Yeah, our neighbors did the same thing. I, our, they stayed outside. Yeah. Some of our neighbors stayed outside. And I could feel, honestly, I when all of the aftershocks were going on after the, the big earthquake, it, was, it reignited that fear. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, oh, we're going to fall right through the floor. Like, yeah. cause we're, cause our bedroom is on the second floor. And so I even asked, I said, should we sleep outside, you know, with the neighbors? And he's like, no, 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 we'll be fine. But every time an aftershock came, it was that fear of, oh my gosh, we're going to, now the house is going to fall mm-hmm. down this time on top of us. And now it's, we're going to fall down to the first floor. So I kind of, I kind of get that part of it, you know, sleeping outside, thinking that you're safer. Cause it just keeps reigniting. It's like PTSD. I had PTSD for a couple of years after the earthquake. But here's the thing. One person did it. So someone else sees it. And instead right. of rationalizing, okay, it's my house or my living arrangement safe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because one person does it. Now everybody does. And it's mass or panic. Maybe and we're all living out there. Or maybe they're thinking like, Hey, that's a great idea. Like I don't want to be in my house either. And Oh, look, people are sleeping in the median. So I'm going to go join them. Yes. I'm going to sleep where cars are going to run me over. Instead it, of the house falling on me, I'm going to get run right, over. Yeah, exactly. When the earthquake hits again, the cars <laughs> go bouncing across the road. Now I'm going to get run over yeah, yeah. and I'm going to die by death by car versus roof falling in on me. The car's jumping up and down. Or, okay, let's take Which it. Which they did. No, they did. I, I, I've driven down Sepulveda Boulevard, and yeah. my car literally started bouncing. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm not in the low scary. rider. Why yeah. is it, oh, earthquake, as Another people are one. scrambling to run. Yeah. Because, you know, your car's bouncing down the road. Or, okay, how about this one? Y2K. Yeah. It was going to be the end of the world because apparently some Mayans mm-hmm. made a calendar that ran out. And thus the world was going to implode. Yes. And so you had people running off to Montana, which I don't know why Montana would be safe from Y2K. <laughs> you had people hoarding and making bunkers and hoarding mm-hmm. food. Apparently, apparently Y2K yeah. did not even do in <laughs> toilet paper like coronavirus is doing. But there's this mass hysteria and mass panic that happens. 
And it's interesting to under, try to understand the phenomena because if you just sit back and you listen to what people say, it's in mm -hmm. this case, the doctors and the experts, they're like, yeah, take precautions, mm -hmm. wash your hands, mm -hmm. don't shake hands right now. Uh, if you sneeze, cover up. If you are going to be, um, you know, just take care of yourself. It's like any other thing. It's, it's like when you touch the door, I was always taught when you touch the door handle mm -hmm. and then you touch your face. Right. That's when you can get sick. Right. I'm sitting in a room with you. Chances of me getting sick just by sitting in a room with you are kind of like very minimal unless you like sneezed on me or something. Right. But it's like people think that we're going to get like coronavirus by osmosis. <laughs> and so all of a sudden now we got to panic yeah. because it's the end of the world. And I, I saw I on the that. news the other day somebody didn't want to buy something because it came from another country that has the coronavirus and they were afraid it was a T-shirt. And the husband was like, don't buy, don't buy that t-shirt because it came from that country. And I'm like, <laughs> people are so, I'm like, wait a second. How, how can a t-shirt give you, you know, know, but we're panicking. We're absolutely like panicking over this. And I think part of it is because we're always afraid or fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we don't know what's happening. You watch a horror film and first off the music. Yeah. Get you going. Right. But then what's going to happen? Is someone going to pop out? So we start like getting this anxiety and this tension going mm -hmm. and we're wondering what's going to happen. Or as a kid, the monster under the bed. Mm -hmm. Okay. I read something one time. I have a, a master's in English and I forget the gal's name, but it was a great piece on horror versus terror. Mm. Okay. And, um, and her name will come to me at 2 a.m. Yeah. In the morning. <laughs> and horror, the difference was horror is that which is scary but you can see it. Okay. Terror is that which is scary, but you can't see it. Mm. The monster under the bed is so scary because you can't see it. Right. It's your perception of what could be. The monster at any amusement park during Halloween season is scary. But you can see it. But you can see it. So that's horror nights. But the terror is that of the mm. unknown. And terror doesn't even have to be the supernatural. It could be you're terrified because of... I remember when uh, the Night Stalker was running around town mm -hmm. and people were terrified and people actually moved out of the area because they were terrified of, of who this person was. Yeah. And so that's, you know, a legitimate fear. And I think that's kind of where we fall in with some of these things is fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? We don't know. Mm -hmm. We don't have experience. Mm -hmm. We don't know how this is going to unfold. And all of a sudden our mind goes to yeah. the worst thing. And I think that's part of the coronavirus. I, I keep asking, like, I don't understand. I don't get it because it's it's like, you know, flu-like symptoms. It's like a cold. It's like it's, it's another virus. Like, I don't understand. Last night on the news, they finally gave a better definition of what was going on. The doctor says, well, we don't, we don't know if the coronavirus is going to... Um, stop with the end of the cold you know we're in the cold well we're in california and it's like 61 but technically this is cold for us so at the end of winter we don't know if it's going to die out at the end of winter or if it's just going to keep going all year long we don't have a vaccine and we don't know um the, the people are dying at a faster rate than they do with the flu so there's just like you said there's so many unknowns with the virus medically speaking that it's causing the medical community and everybody else to panic, even though, you know, there's so many cases of flu every year, pneumonia, but we don't panic over that for some reason. And even though there are deaths into the twenties, thousands, mm -hmm. 18 to 20,000 people say, but it's because we know it, mm -hmm. you know, we expect, and we know something about flu the flu. Yeah. And therefore we're not afraid of it. Right. But it's the thing that's interesting. So as, as a society, as we have supposedly evolved over the years, over mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. 
have we gotten to the point where we still panic over something in such a way where we act irrational? Mm-hmm. So to me, to me, if you're hoarding toilet paper, <laughs> I think that's irrational. I mean, I really do. I mean, it's okay to be prepared. So, yeah. for example, in California, we uh, live in earthquake territory, and we never know when the big one is going to strike. We never know when we're going to fall off into the ocean. Mm-hmm. So I do have scuba gear uh, as my earthquake preparedness. <laughs> but we, we prepared. I mean, I've had earthquake kits, and I've had things where I'm prepared for, in case of an emergency, you want to be prepared. Mm-hmm. But when does that preparedness equal irrational fear, mm-hmm. which equals us to behave in an irrational manner? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think it goes to, um, like, like for me, it's just what your perspective on life is in general. Right. Mm -hmm. I I think it's that higher like worldview that we have. Um, because some people, you know, we hang on to the tangible things and we think that if those tangible things are gone, then our life is gone. I always think it's fascinating that when the news interviews people after a tornado, after a fire has come through a neighborhood, after some sort of natural disaster, and you'll have one uh, group of people interviewed who who are just you know hysterical and they've just lost everything and they don't know what they're going to do with their life. And then there's other people who will say, you know what, it was just a house. It was just the the you know we can buy you know more belongings, but we have our lives you know, we didn't lose any people. And so, you know, we're good. We'll rebuild. So I think it's that, that, that worldview that people have, it's that perspective that if we're just dearly hanging on to everything that we have, and then we think if we lose it, then we're going to lose our life as opposed to no, our life is what is important and everything else is, um, is just not, there's no guarantee that we're, they're not, we're not going to have calamity. Okay. So test time. Oh, okay. Get out your number two pencils okay. and your scan chart. Is this true or false or no, multiple no. guests? No, no, it's a, it's a <laughs> essay. Essay. It's essay. Yay. Okay. Your house is on fire. Yes. What do you grab? If it's on fire? Well, you know, okay, there's, so, you have to get out. There's something, uh, okay, so, okay. I okay, let's, say, not, let's not get so eminent. Let's not get so eminent that a house is on fire. No, no, that's no, an no. eminent. Uh, a wildfire is coming. I was going to say, Okay, yeah. a wildfire is coming. Yeah. This is a little bit more. There so, you but you have time because yep. if your house is on fire, that changes the dynamic. Right. But, okay, you need to evacuate because wildfire is coming. And yes. in California, Los Angeles, it's I've been through that coming. several okay. times. Yeah. yeah, because we live in a, in a place where in an area that there's all kinds of brush behind okay. us. So, what do you grab? You don't have time to 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 get the U-Haul and pack up the house. So we have what a hierarchy. Have? Uh, we've made a list, and we made it. We have a hierarchy. So we pictures, um, obviously the hard drive on the computer, the um, financial documents, you know, stuff like that, passports. Um, now you would think living in California, we've been in the same house forever, ever since I've lived here. You would think that by at this point we would have some sort of a safe no. and copies no we are so not prepared no go bag no and we don't have a no and we don't have an earthquake kit like i i that's how laid, laid back i am in certain ways other things i'm really uptight but when i tell you that i'm like whatever okay you know i'm not i truly am not kidding you like i don't have i, I don't have these things in place right. now what does that mean i don't <laughs> 
well, okay. Well, okay. I, I just, I just don't. But, but when the fire comes, like we do have a list, and mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, grab the pictures, grab the computer hard drive, the financial documents. But then there's like certain things, like we we've, we've had to almost evacuate multiple times in the neighborhood that I've lived in. And so it's interesting each time it comes through, it's like, okay, well, what do you take? One time I was taking my cowboy boots. I have a pair of red cowboy boots. I don't know why. Yeah, they're important, right? Another time I grabbed um, my daughter's red sparkly Dorothy shoes because when she was little, she loved the Wizard of Oz and they were just like a cute little, you know, memento. So like you start with the important stuff and then when you have a little bit more time, it's like, okay, now I can grab this. I can take this off the wall. I can, but I mean... Yeah, so valuables like irreplaceable items. Yeah, sentimental, yeah, mostly. Like pictures. Yeah, sentimental of stuff. Of course, is you what need I the practical stuff like the documents, but you're not yeah. grabbing. Oh, in case the red boots, which is probably a whole different story. The boots were made. For I might, I might grab my fur coat. Yeah. I might grab my my fake, fake my pretend fur coat. There was a um, a fire a few years ago, probably a number of years ago, that went through um, La Crescenta, La Cunada mm, area. Yep. Okay, and I've talked about my friend Chris. And his mom and dad live up there. Mm. He had a guitar that she wasn't able to grab when they had to get evacuated. And so I happened to somehow reach out to her to see if she was okay. And mentioned, she mentioned, you know, oh, I didn't grab the guitar. So she wanted the guitar because mm. Chris played the guitar. And he was really good at it. And for her, that was something of value because it was a tangible thing that she had because he's no longer here because he's passed on. And so I went up there and I was able to grab the guitar and uh and get it and so fortunately nothing happened the fire moved on and and everything was okay in lock Crescenta, lock and yada area that year but it's things like that that you kind of put in a perspective okay some people might say it's just a guitar mm-hmm. like you said oh it's just a house we can replace things but then there are some of those things that are not replaceable mm-hmm. for example if the guitar burns up you can't you can replace the guitar but you can't replace the guitar as a tangible reminder no. of your son and, and all the memories yeah and that reminds me that um my daughter's Lindsay blanket let i told you on the same show that we were talking about your friend chris passing mm-hmm. away that my daughter's friend Lindsay passed away um and Lindsay made her a blanket like just days before she passed um made a blanket for her birthday and that's always always at the top of the list is we always grab the Lindsay blanket yeah because it's something that can't be replaced right because of where it came from and what it's about right a blanket can get replaced Mm -hmm. but not that blanket not that one yeah and so that's the thing yeah and but it's but it's curious so okay let me ask you this then so you have brought up in the past the fact that uh you're Christian and the fact that you have biblical beliefs Mm -hmm. uh, very similar to me does that influence you as to the fact that you don't have irrational fear because God is in control versus the irrational fear of I need to hoard toilet paper. <laughs> because, because you know. So let's you, be clear. God is not going to produce toilet paper. He did produce I, manna from heaven. So you never know. It might rain toilet paper if we need it. Let's not we, discount it. If we have it. a coronavirus, yeah. Let's not discount manna from heaven, We're probably going to be pulling grass from the yard if we didn't no, prepare but, properly. Because I often think about that. You think about people... <laughs> That may have a belief, and that belief is higher than what we yeah. have on here. You know, you say they always say, you know, God will not give mm-hmm. you more than you can handle, which is kind of a, actually the Bible doesn't say I that. I know, but, but people say that. Yes, which is you know whatever. Actually, what it says, if we're going to be correct, yes, be correct. In James chapter one, it says that you um, God does not tempt us, but He um, allows us to be tempted and he does not allow us to be tempted more than we can handle we can resist. and he always offers a way out so it's the temptation he yeah. allows 
us to be tempted, but not more than we can handle. So I don't know where that no, God but doesn't that's what give people, you. People they say. do, yeah. And, and, and so, I don't know where they got that. And so, and so if that's the case, this is going with that because that's what people say. Um, you know, you would think that we would be able to handle the coronavirus, mm-hmm. okay? Because if God can't give us more than we can handle, which people think, like you said, it's not in the Bible, but let's people believe that. Or if you're in, a, have a belief in something higher than the world, mm-hmm. does that influence how your fear is? Not saying that people with belief don't have irrational fear. Yeah. But I mean, does 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 a belief in something like that go beyond, uh, or or give us the calm? You know. So if we're at sea, yeah. And well, and and and, as, and we're we're on a boat, and we're at sea, mm-hmm. and as long as the skipper and Gilligan aren't at the helm. <laughs> We have somebody, or pilot Pete. Yes. We have a, 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 a captain that is quite capable of yes. steering us through the storm. Yes, pilot you know, Pete would not be one. We might be a little bit scared <laughs> yeah. and concerned, yeah. but we probably don't have an irrational fear. We're not getting the life vest right. and jumping overboard to get off the boat. We're going to stay on the boat because right. we realize the boat is going to be the safest place right. to be. So, so let me. Um, this is a. Well, so we're so we'll talk about we started off talking about panic, but we'll the fear in the panic. Mm-hmm. So I'll address um, that and just a not in a um, coronavirus way, but in a real um, like mother sort of way. So we're talking about fear, and there's rational fear and irrational fear. So the like if there's a bear, you know, in front of me and he's really hungry, obviously that's a fear that is rational. Don't right? you just give him a picnic basket? Yes. Yes. Or if I'm with somebody else, I just need to outrun the other exactly. person. Right. Yeah. As long as you're not the slowest one in the group, you're fine. <laughs> right. Then I'm fine. So that would be irrational fear. But irrational fear is when we conjure up things in our in our minds. Like, for example, we're panicking, you know, over this coronavirus. We're we're creating images in our minds, scenarios that could happen, and then we're running away with it in our heads. And that's when it becomes like an irrational fear. And when we worry and we're fearful with this irrational of like what could happen instead of just staying in the present, it's like we're sitting in a rocking chair and we're moving, 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 but we're not getting in. It's not productive. So me being fearful doesn't um, stop things bad from happening. And me not being fearful doesn't cause bad things to happen. Like my fear and my worry is me and it has no effect on the situation to control that situation, good or bad. Um, and so there's a couple, I realized that, that, um, I had a lot of fear in my life and it hit a high note, not necessarily like, so for example, you mentioned the earthquake. Um, I had major PTSD after the earthquake and every time, um, they would have a commercial on channel four, like, Oh, we were the first to report. And they would have this, you know, in the commercial, I literally would like grab onto the wall and panic. So I'm like, Oh no, here it comes again. Right. It would just trigger that fear. I wouldn't take a shower. Um, unless my husband was in the house. And so I would either get up early in the morning before he left for work or I'd wait until he came home because we have glass mm, um, doors right, on okay. our shower. And I would just, I would be like, oh my gosh, I would be, what if we had an earthquake and I'm taking a shower, I'm going to be naked. There's going to be glass all over me. I might fall through the door, like, you know, all these, that panic, you know, that fear. So um, and then later when my daughter had um, surgery, she had multiple surgeries and, and she won um, major surgery. She has rods um, in her back for multiple sclerosis. And so we were at Children's Hospital for two weeks and I was in a major panic. I mean, talk about panic and fear. Like I couldn't relax. I couldn't sleep. All of these things were um, thoughts that were going through my mind. I didn't look at what was real in front of me. Like she was fine. She was going to heal. In my mind, I was 
processing like what if she can't walk what if the surgery goes wrong what if she dies what if what if what if what if what if and I was so consumed with fear that it was hard for me to be present and comfort her in a way that she needed so I was snappy I was short I was not sleeping um so we're not good you know with the people around us when that type of um stuff well, see, starts happening well see I think that's I think that is normal Okay. I think that's a normal fear. I think that people go there because you're concerned, like in your case, you know, having that, I don't think it's a rational fear, but fear of what could happen. I think we go there naturally as humans. We do. But I, but when we start spinning into what could happen and, and we make that the reality, when we start concentrating right. on it so much that okay. it becomes, becomes that's when irrational. it, that's when it becomes irrational and it be, because, behavior. right. It affects our behavior, our decision-making process, the way that we perceive things because she was fine. She was healing. There was nothing wrong with her recovery or the time in the hospital. Um, so I didn't need to go down that. So what I learned from that incident and then what I learned from, um, other incidents, um, later in life with my kids um, my fear hit such a high note that I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable and and like spinning. I was just completely spinning. And so I had to train myself. So yes, I was a Christian during that time. I b believed in you know God and the Bible, but I wasn't um, utilizing that resource. And so when I realized that I was just a complete wreck, I was a train wreck, honestly. I was just not handling anything well. Um, then I realized that I needed to utilize that resource. So I tried it. I started training myself before I believed it, before I felt it. This was not what I felt. I would just say in my head, okay, God's, God's, you know, in control. God's bigger than this. God's, you know, and I would start repeating things that I, where I would start saying, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I did not trust him at all. I didn't feel like I trusted him, but it was a way to start training. I wasn't, I trained my mind and the more I said it, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Lord. Then I started to, my body started to relax. My heartbeat would go down. The fear would go away. You know, there's nothing more terrifying than, than your kid turning 16 and they drive down the street for the first time with this, your vehicle. <laughs> You're like, no, wait, stop. Like, that's really scary. Talk about terrifying. Um, I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Lord. Because, it, because, and then it just calms me down. And so I trained myself and now I'm to the point that in these types of situations in these pants, now I'm so far to the other point. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be, it may not be fine, but I know where I'm going when I die. I know where my kids are going when they die. I know I have a certainty that that God is in, in control. Does it mean that bad things are not going to happen? No, we live on planet earth and people make stupid decisions and, and we get caught up in that, you know, the collateral damage, but are we ultimately going to be fine? Yes. Are we ultimately like, am I, do I know, like if I die, I'm going to be standing in front of my creator instantaneously and it would be better than, so that's going to be like the best day ever, honestly, is when I'm standing in front of, um, Jesus and getting the big bear hug. So I'm not afraid of that at all. I'm looking forward to it. So that's the one time you don't need to be the fastest one in the room. No, you're getting the bear hug from Jesus. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I always say in my head, like if I was in a situation where I was being, um, attacked or if I was shot or like in a mass shooting or whatever, I, I already know the prayer that I would say, if today's the day to take me, take me quick. So I don't suffer. 
And if today's not the day, if I'm going to be here longer, then give me the strength to survive this current um, trial. Either way, it's a win-win. I get to stay, it's a win. I go to heaven, it's a win. Like, I'm good either way. So I have trained myself to trust in him and and so that I'm not so fearful because I was just and there's certain times when things happen I'm like oh I can feel myself going down there yesterday I had one and I was just getting all choked up and I'm like ooh, my head is spinning in the wrong direction let me go the other way and I had to really you know like okay Lord <laughs> had to you know it's hard it's really hard to depend on something not yourself because because somebody might die we might die our kids might die um, our loved one, you know, something serious might happen. But when we get sucked into, um, if they die, then I'm not going to be okay. That's when it's like the alarm bells should be going off. And it's like, no, I'm going to miss them. That would be horrible. I would not want to go through that, but I would still be okay. So do you think that, okay, we have this coronavirus going around and we have people with a, with a fear, mm-hmm. whether it's rational or not. But I think back to Y2K. I mean, that was just obscenely irrational. There was no rhyme or reason to any of that panic. Mm -hmm. Sure, they say, oh, the computers might glitch and therefore cause something. Mm -hmm. Didn't happen. Uh, But And and so I I get the computer technology aspect of it. But for people to uproot their lives and move to nowhere, Montana, and build bunkers and hoard seeds so they can Mm -hmm. grow the food in the next, you know. Well, people are still doing that today. They think that there's timelines that are. See, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, I don't get it either. Because there's nothing that indicates that's going to happen. Like Y2K, nothing indicated Mm -hmm. that it was going to be the end of the world. But some Mayan calendar thing. Right. And, you know, even then, you saw a lot of, I guess, what would be memes today. I don't Mm -hmm. know if there were memes back then, but, you know, a lot of pictures and cartoons and stuff like that that were kind of making fun of the whole thing, you know. And, um, and in fact, I think that um, when you when you sit back and you look at it, I wonder if some of those people now are kind of like, oh, man, I feel stupid because my fear was irrational, made me do things that Mm -hmm. completely were illogical. Mm -hmm. And Um, I think it's the fear of being alone. I think it's the fear of not knowing where we're going after the fear of dying, like what's going to happen. The fear if I'm going to be okay, am I going to be Am I going to, you know, if I don't have enough toilet paper, if I don't have enough food, am I going to starve? Like, I just, I think that we're our safety, um, we get so consumed with fear for our safety, for our health, you know, and we're so fragile anyway. I mean, we don't realize how fragile we are, but um, it's a legitimate concern. So I remember a number of years ago, back in 2013, uh, I had a liver issue. And so I ended up having to go to the ER and they weren't sure what it was. And my liver was failing, basically. And, um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of fear there as to what's going to happen. Will I get better? Because there's nothing they could do. It was just, is the liver going to recover or is it going to continue to fail? And as they were taking the tests, the, the levels uh, kept going up and up and up, which was a bad thing, you know, what they were mm-hmm, measuring. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where one time they said, okay, this is going to be the last test we take. And depending on what the numbers say, if it continues to escalate, then we're going to have to seriously consider a transplant list or things like that. So I'm like, okay, um, we'll see. And fortunately the numbers kind of dipped. So it wasn't increasing. Every, every test had increased and the numbers dipped. So they're like, okay, a big sigh of relief. Now let's just watch the next few days and see. And then eventually the, the, the numbers came down and my liver recovered and mm-hmm. 
well, I mean, as best as I could. And um, I'm still here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I can understand in those situations, all the, the things that are going through your mind, you know, I remember they were throwing out and they really weren't sure what was causing it. And so they were throwing out all kinds of things. And not to get too detailed, but, you know, they weren't sure if it was related to, you know, the pancreas. So pancreatic cancer, which, mm-hmm. you know, is almost a, a, a death sentence when you get. Right. And then there's some other things. And so they would tell you, okay, look for these symptoms when you're, you know, using the bathroom uh, because there might be an indicator of what might be the problem. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay. And so every time you go into the bathroom, you're like, what's it going to be? You know, is what color is my urine going to be? You know, what's this? Because it was an indicator or, um, my skin was turning yellow and I was getting itchy jaundice because the liver was, you know, releasing uh, stuff that was causing me to turn yellow, look like a Crayola crayon. Um, <laughs> but so I can understand that. So you kind of get this, this paranoia, this panic, this fear of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and that's legit. So mm-hmm. I can understand things like that. So in your case, you know, with your, with your daughter and those fears and they do kind of overtake and you kind of go into dark places. So mm-hmm. I get that. But then I compare that to, for example, let's use Y2K and that mass panic and fear because it was completely illogical and it made no sense that people would uproot their lives Mm -hmm. and move and do all these zany things. Mm -hmm. Or even if they're still doing that today because they think it's going to be the end of the world is imminent, you know, it's just irrational. I just just think thus the hoarding of toilet paper for whatever (laughs) reason, I still don't understand that. Again, water, perishables, food, uh, fruit, I get all that. But the run on, do you really need 18,000 rolls of toilet? Where are you going to put it all? That's the other thing. Where are you stocking it all? And now what's going to happen? We've got, so now, now what's going to happen? We're all going to like run. That's the other thing. Where's the run on depends? Yeah. You know, and where's the run on those things? But so what are we going to do now? We're going to have people like stealing from neighbors, you know, going to break into their little, you know, backyard shed and, and steal the Charmin. Yeah. I mean, it, it starts to lead to irrational, you know, one irrational fear leads to a behavior such as, you know, toilet paper, mm-hmm. stocking, you know, stocking it up, not stocking toilet paper well, that would be funny um <laughs> and then you got what people stealing from other people or in this case like you said you you made the the joke you're gonna i'm gonna sell it mm-hmm. well that's the case does it get to the point now where people are gonna pay 10 bucks for a roll of toilet right, paper right right i you remember know? after the earthquake people were selling water for like 20 bucks yeah and and and, and in some cases they end up going to jail for that mm-hmm. too because you know mm-hmm. the police fortunately you know went after them prosecutors went after them but that's the thing it's like you know i remember a guy told me one time which doesn't really doesn't really relate, but it is um, kind of correlates. They would go to the club and they would give away or he would go to a club where people would give away ecstasy mm. for free. Oh, wow. But what happened was the ecstasy would get the body going that they needed water. So then they would charge 20 bucks for a bottle of water. Oh, gosh. And so they would make more money oh my gosh. off of the selling of water right. than they could off of the ecstasy because right. people paid a premium for that water because their body needed it. And that's kind of the case in this in this case. You know, you got the toilet paper, which becomes a commodity. And so mm-hmm. are people going to pay for that? So mm-hmm. now you're going to pay above and beyond, mm-hmm. you know. And so it's like, where does it end? At what point then does it end? So someone comes out from the CDC and says, everything's going to be okay. So now all of a sudden everybody wants to return their toilet paper because they now need to buy other things because they spent a hundred, you know, two hundred dollars on toilet paper. Now they only need fifty dollars worth. So they want to try to get one hundred fifty dollars back because they don't need it. You know, I mean, what do you do now? I, I know it's yeah. I'm I'm wondering if the p if people in the stores saw that like, oh gosh, the toilet paper is almost out. Maybe I should buy some. Maybe it didn't have as much to do with the coronavirus as just supply and demand. Like, oh, Could I better be. get it before. 
you know, it disappears. But and then people like us that are like not panicking are going to be using, you know, the grass. $10 an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're blazing grass We're going to be leaves. in the produce section <laughs> buying a bunch of lettuce. Then there's going to be a run on lettuce. And then there's going to be no lettuce, no salads. Yeah, and then we'll right? all get fat. And then it's going to be the end of the world. Yeah. It, it's just so silly. See, it's endless. It, it's endless. The, the cycle just continues. And it was funny because most everybody has come to the conclusion, A, don't believe the media. Mm-hmm. Turn off the TVs. No, I do. I am getting an alarm bell in my head, right? For the for this, we. I think we do need to to make a disclaimer that there are people that have died from the coronavirus, and there are people, a lot of el- elderly people, um, especially who are very susceptible to the virus and who are passing away from it. So I don't want to make light that it's not an issue at all. No, the um, issue that we're discussing is the irrational fear that healthy people, for example, right. in this case, where where everybody has said, from everything I've heard and read, that normal, healthy people, if you get it, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like anything else, just like a cold or if a it's flu. the regular flu and you're susceptible to health issues, right. you might have some problems. That's not what we're discussing. We're not even discussing the virus itself. Right. We're discussing the irrational fear that every... Dr. Drew, for example, he seems to be a respectable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a medical official mm-hmm. that people will go to for information. Even he's saying, stop the panic. Yeah. You're going to be fine. If you are a normal, healthy person, you will mm-hmm. be fine. Mm-hmm. But yet these normal, healthy people that are being told by these medical experts, sure, you might get sick. You might be disruptive for the next couple of weeks and have to go through it much like the flu or anything else that right. you get. You know, you might have to have to suffer it, but you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But yet that's those people are still having the irrational fear right. and behaving in such ways where they're being driven by this irrational fear. Mm-hmm. It's one thing, like you said, to be sick and have a fear or to be susceptible and have fear. But if they're if you're being told, yeah, you might get sick, you might have to be in bed for a couple of weeks, but yeah, you're going to be fine. I think it's the what if I think it's yeah. the what if that that spins us. I think it's we take ourselves down a path where that what if, you know, becomes a reality in our head and then we start behaving accordingly. Um, That's where we need to slow down and say, wait, you know, let's look at the facts. Let's be logical about this. Um, What is really true right now? And then, of course, you have to be proactive and prepare for the worst case scenario, but that doesn't mean that we panic and start taking ourselves down into a cycle that that it is becoming like what could happen is actually the reality that we're playing in our head. Well, then, okay, and that's why I like to use Y two K because Y two K was really an unreasonable fear mm-hmm. of oh, it's the end of the world because mm-hmm. the calendar changes. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for how many years, and now all of a sudden, this one time it's going to happen. Yeah, and I but, think that the computer. I think part of that was that we'd never had the internet before. Right. We'd never had computers it. before, and something about that you they had know. only the date. Uh, on the computers only went to 1999 right because they didn't i'm not sure why they didn't but they were start, like we can start global thermal nuclear war yeah <laughs> because with we, joshua because we don't have the right date on the computer but yet we can't go to the year 2000 <laughs> um i don't know it's crazy but but the thing that's kind of uh I had a point I was going to bring up that you mentioned, but I forgot about it now. Oh, but sorry. No, that's okay. But uh, but it's just kind of interesting that all of a sudden, you know, oh, this is what it was. Okay, the point was this. At what point then does our irrational fear, okay, of what's going to happen mm-hmm. and our actions and reactions to that then actually make our fears come true? Okay, so the panic. So we have a, a, a run on supplies. Mm-hmm. Now we're out of supplies. 
and the manufacturer supply and demand can't keep up with it. Right. So now all of a sudden we have a problem. Okay. Or we do a run on water or run on food or a whatever. So we, we act in a manner because of our irrational fears. We act irrationally. Mm-hmm. And now, we and have, now we've just now made we, that true. Yeah, now we actually have something to panic yeah. about. So now we just created a problem <laughs> due to our panic. Yeah. And it's almost like that panic has now come true and we caused the problem mm-hmm. when we really didn't, didn't have to. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah I, think it, I think it causes all kinds of problems. Um, you know, my fear of something bad happening to my kids obviously hasn't manifested something bad happening to my kids, but it causes me to react to them differently like if they wanted to go somewhere and want to do something I'm if I'm in a fearful state I'm much more likely to hold on and not allow them to do certain things because I'm in such a panic I'm so fearful that something might happen and then I'm holding them back from living life and I'm holding and there's no reason to do that well, that's the thing you could you mentioned something like um, Lindsay for example and yeah and it was a car related accident that took her life and so you could have the idea of okay you know what i'm not going to let you get into a car ever again because of that particular accident or whatever else the case may be you can pick anything something happens and because of that therefore you can't use that right um is that irrational you know and then are we are we then changing behavior changing a way of life because Mm -hmm. of an irrational fear Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I, I think we hold ourselves back from a lot of things when we have um, an irrational fear, when we, um, you know, bring, when we make it a reality when it really isn't, you know, talk, uh, there's even things like if you think that your spouse is, is cheating on you or um, something's going on at, on at work, sometimes we can take, because of our own fears, we can start behaving in a way that causes so much suspicion when there's nothing even there. And then ruin the relationship simply because of our fear, not because something was actually happening. So I think it causes, um, I know in my you know, case, my fear was just getting to the point where I wasn't uh, able to handle even the easiest issues you know, in life. I was just in a complete um, panic that something you know, really bad was going to happen and I recognized it and I needed to get you know, a hold of that. And so... Um, it, it, it wreaks havoc in our lives. It just, it, when we, we have this fear that, that is not, um, a, the fear of what could happen, you know? Yeah, no, I can see that. And, and like you said, the manis, 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 manifestation is a big word that we make things happen. Yeah. You know, we create these problems. Right. And so if we just sit back and take a moment and be like, okay, what is something? See, I tend to be, and it's harder for me because I tend to be more rational and logical than most people. Mm-hmm. I mean, people tell me that. You know, mm-hmm. I look at, I can look at things, and I'm like, you know, I'll overanalyze things, mm-hmm. or I'll, I'll analyze them, but to other people, it's overanalyzing. Are we related? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> like, like driving on the freeway. People that drive with me on the freeway get nuts because I'm like, why did that car just do that? There was no reason for that car to change lanes. You're going 40 miles an hour in that lane and there's nobody in front of you for the next 50 miles and I'm coming up on you and for some reason you had to get over in my way. Right? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. And And then everyone's like, yes. And then everyone's like, why? Why is it a big deal? Why is it a big deal? Okay. So, um, but that's the thing. So when you look at things, maybe that's just the difference in some people. Maybe they don't have 
the ability. I don't know. Maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't think of it that way. Maybe their 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 mind, their brain is wired a certain way where they don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Because to them, moving over is no big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why did I even do that? So maybe a run on toilet paper to people, it's like, why? Well, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And to others, like I'm doing it because everyone else is doing it. Right. And others are all, you guys are all nuts. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. Uh, it's it's just kind of an interesting thing. But the irrational fear that we have that drives us to do a behavior mm-hmm. that is irrational, I think, is unhealthy. Very. And I like to think, you know, I know the the coronavirus is what we're talking about or using that as a basis for the conversation. But even let's go back to Y2K. Zero reason. Zero reason to believe it's going to be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Yes, computers might mm-hmm. glitch. But are we going to just, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the movie. Was it 2012? The, the, the movie Mm-mm. with John Cusack. I mean, literally the world was imploding. Yeah. I mean, like the world, the earth, the physical earth was like crumbling because it was the end of the world. Okay. That wasn't going to happen. Right. The physical earth was not going to crumble. Right. And yet people were still panicking. Like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of the city because buildings are going to come down. Right. Or, uh, you know, whatever's going to happen. And it was like, why? What's driving this fear? What's driving this decision? And it was all irrational. Yeah. And see, I kind of um, go back to, you know, we talked earlier, you know, about the Bible and about my um, beliefs and my faith. Um, I look at situations, you know, with um, earthquakes and fires and floods and mass shootings and all of this kind of and computers, you know, the Y2K. And there's all this like Armageddon type, you know, stuff like how's the world going to end? I kind of look at it like, you know what? It is going to everybody, what, no matter what you believe, the world is going to end at some point. It's just that just because we have it hasn't always been in existence and some things that begin end. Right. So every scientist is like at some point the world, the world is going to not exist anymore. So when I look at these situations, I'm thinking, you know what? It says in Revelation how God is going to end the world. I don't understand all of it. I don't know if people are going to be raptured and and there's so many different um, interpretations of the book of Revelation. So, and I don't really land really in any one of them. I don't understand it, but I do know that, that when it's time, that he's going to take care of it and, and I'm going to be fine. So I don't get caught up in these theories or whatever, because it's, I mean, you know, God says like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to send Jesus back. I'm going to get you. I'm going to take care of it. how that's going to happen. I don't know. I don't, which, you know, how, however you interpret revelation, but I, I have a piece that he's, it's the world is not going to end until he says it's going to end. So I don't worry about it. I don't. So I see people like watching the politics or like they're in a panic because the, you know, whoever is going to be the president. I'm like, okay, it's four years of this dude. All right. We're just going to suffer for four years. But like, I'm still fine Mm -hmm. because because I have God and because that is my resource. And and we have this coronavirus. We have people's hands on the nuclear button and we have like all these, you know, nutcases around these world leaders that are just wreaking havoc on people. And I'm like, okay, I don't get sucked into that because I know that when God's ready to end it, he's going to end it and I'm going to be in heaven. And, and that's, does that mean I'm not going to suffer while I'm here? No, but I know where I'm going and I know how it's going to end. So I don't need to have this irrational fear about um, how it's going to end or what's going to happen. I know that I'm safe. I know that I'm secure and I can go about my day. All I know is the last couple of days, I don't know if it's because of the rain in Southern California, 
coronavirus, fear, comp- uh, combination of both. Traffic. So light. So light. Yes. I think you should all stay home. I think you should continue to self-quarantine. Hoard the toilet paper, stay home, and let me (laughs) and Tara enjoy the Southland and not be driven crazy by you wacky drivers. It has been a dream. It's been awesome. It has been. So stay home. Yeah. And let me have the freeways. So Even I can in do... the rain, it took 30 minutes I know. to get here. It was beautiful. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. That, yeah. I went from downtown LA back to Pasadena to the valley. Yeah. And I'm like, where in is everybody? In a nanosecond, yeah. Talk about panic. I started to think, you t- I started to think, did I miss the rapture? Yeah. That's my only panic. <laughs> my only irrational fear is Where'd I missed the rapture. Yeah. Everybody's gone. And I'm still here. What did I do wrong? God, what did I do wrong? Uh. Um, but no, it's been great. So I think you should all stay home. Yes. Continue to panic. I think you should binge Netflix, Hulu. <laughs> whatever and stay yes. off the streets and let me and Tara enjoy the Southland without being driven crazy by yes. nutty drivers. Yes. That, that, that I, is the bonus. That the is benefit. the bonus. So and I'm me, loving it. Instead yeah. of me panicking about hoarding toilet paper, I'm thinking about where am I going tomorrow? Right. What am I going to do today? I can get there so fast. The other thing I'm seeing is uh, airline tickets to Fiji, $200. Dude, I'm there. Right. I'm risking it. Right? Risk it for the biscuit. Coronavirus. Um, if I'm going to be sick, I'll be sick on the beach in Fiji. So why don't you guys come join me? That's what I'm doing you know, when I like get that. home today. I'm yeah. buying airline tickets. Yeah, see? That's the thing. It's I like am. I look at it that way mm-hmm. as opposed to the other. Yeah. Because I just don't, I don't know. I, I'm not going to, you know, let everybody else do that and then I'll just enjoy the world. Like Disneyland, hey, maybe it's time to go yeah. to Disneyland. Go right to <laughs> no Starland. Star Wars, yeah, Star Wars <laughs> land. You know, I don't know if they'll let us in, but it's like those are the things that I'm looking at yeah. versus that I'm going to stay at home and, and live in fear. Right. I'm going to go out there because I'm going to be okay either way. Right. And hopefully with everybody else quarantining themselves, I'm not going to get it anyways because everyone else is going to be at home. So I'm going to go out and enjoy it. <laughs> That's my perspective on it. Stay home and stay off the freeways. Right. I've got places to go and people to see. Well, That's maybe right. not people to see, but places to go. And while you're staying home, subscribe to our podcast. Yes. We are on all of the major platforms. You're better at rattling off that yes, list Yes, you than can I am. binge listen or binge watch. We're on yes. YouTube. We're on IGTV. Mm-hmm. Our Instagram is at uh, is uh, at Two Steps Ahead Podcast. So Two Steps Ahead Podcast. And actually, the easiest thing to do, if you want to listen, is just Google search Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up because we're on the Google platform, the Google Podcast platform. That's the easiest thing to do. Google Two Steps Ahead Podcast, boom, we're right there. If you want to watch us, you can go to YouTube and type in Two Steps Ahead Podcast, or you can go to our Instagram account at Two Steps Ahead Podcast and watch it on IGTV. And we are on all the major, all platforms, the major platforms, iTunes, Pandora, yep. Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart. iHeart Media. All of that. So whatever your uh, fancy is, you can uh, download and listen to us on uh, on all. While you are quarantining, yeah. and and uh, <laughs> and on Instagram, uh, SoundCloud is in the bio, so you can link in the bio. My personal Instagram is Edem Rocks, E I D E M R O C K S, and again, SoundCloud's in the bio there. And then your Instagram is. I am at Tara Hoke Shiro, T A R A H O K E S C H I R O. And so uh, that's it. Stay home because I have places to go. (laughs) Two Steps Ahead podcast highlighting the shit we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hey, don't forget. Let yourself be great. Take your passion. Make it happen. We had a lot of obstacles here today, but uh, we did not let them overcome us. We overcame them to get you this podcast here today. And also one final thing too, is we've got some exciting things going to be happening here with the podcast at two steps ahead. Um, so stay tuned for that. We're going to try to take the show on the road. We got some cool places that we're going to go and visit and maybe invite you if you guys want to come to join us because it's going to be easy to get there because everyone else is going to be at home quarantined. (laughs) So the road's going to be easy to get to, and you can join us on location as we, um, 
as we move into the summer, the spring and summer months. So uh, the best thing to do is to uh, follow us on Instagram at Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we can get you all the information there. Any final thoughts as we wrap it up here for today? Well, I was just thinking that since we're talking about the shit that we've stepped in, that we are prepared. We are. With the toilet paper. We got the one roll yes. that we're going to divide. And have. Actually, I have to <laughs> return it to the studio bathroom because I'm sure somebody else is going to need it. Right. Right, right. Anyways, right. hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Do tell a friend. Let yourself be great. Take your passion. Make it happen. Two Steps Ahead podcast highlighting the shit we've stepped in so you don't have to. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Take care.